In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Brothers and sisters, I think we underestimate how many decisions we make, uh, our thought processes, the um, words that we say, the way that we say them, to whom we say them to, all the things that we do and say and think, I think we underestimate how much of all these things about us are characterized by shame. Shame is this um, kind of psychological characteristic that I think drives many of the things that we do and say. In order to avoid shame, we act in a certain way. In order to avoid shame, we say certain things around certain people to uh, gain the uh, praise or the compliments of various people around us. I think to, in order to avoid shame, we do a lot of things. Now let's look at the Gospel reading and see in this Gospel reading two different types of hearts. One heart which seeks to accuse and to ultimately abuse, to one-up somebody, to feel like we're greater than somebody else. And then the other heart which seeks to edify, to help people grow, to integrate into themselves, to really become what God wants them to become. The first type of heart is shown by the Pharisees in the Gospel reading. One Sabbath, when Jesus went to dine at the house of a ruler who belonged to the Pharisees, they were, they were watching him. They were watching Jesus. They were watching the way he, what he would do on the Sabbath day because they know that Jesus is at this point infamous for healing people on the Sabbath day, which to them is breaking the law of God, which it's not. It's just according to their own interpretation. They're watching for Jesus to do something that's disagreeable to them so that they can accuse him of something. That's one type of heart. Looking around for other people's faults in order to accuse, in order to feel like you're better than them, in order to feel a certain way about these people, in order to degrade them somehow or another. The other type of heart is shown to us by our Lord himself. Now Jesus told a parable to those who were invited when he marked how they chose the places of honor. So Jesus is watching also. The Pharisees are watching Jesus to see where they could accuse him. Jesus is also watching, but not so that he can accuse anybody, only so that he can teach. Jesus is watching how people are acting in the in this social dynamic so that he can better teach them and edify them and, and show them how to live a more genuine, a better human life according to the designs of God. So he tells, he's watching them and he's seeing presumably, that some people are just kind of coming in and presumptuously just sitting in the highest seats. They want to have the most honorable places in this dinner, in this, uh, dinner party. And this is obviously not the right way of doing things. Now the, the lesson comes from Christ, to them, but also to us. Jesus is watching in order to teach, in order to edify. What can we, how can we be edified by the words of our Lord in this Gospel reading then? If so much of what we do and say, and how we say it and to whom we say them to, is defined by shame and by trying to avoid shame, I think this is one of the great examples of that. Jesus is at this dinner party and is watching that people are trying to sit in the highest places. 
probably presumptuously. Why would they do that? Well, because they want to be honored. They want to sit in the honorable place so that people can say, oh, that's an honorable person. They don't want to sit in the lowest seat because those people generally get ignored. Well, if we're trying to avoid shame, if we want to earn the praise of people, why not try to force it? I'll just sit in the highest seat and everybody will be forced to look at me. I'll just speak the loudest or the most and therefore everybody will have to listen to me. I'll just force people to pay attention to me and then I'm going to have people's attention. But this doesn't end up working. And that's what Jesus teaches us here. Don't sit in the highest seat because reality is going to come and bite you in the behind. Don't sit in the highest seat because reality actually exists. You're not the most honorable person in the room. Don't pretend like you are and don't force everybody to think that you are. Somebody that's actually more honorable than you is going to come and then the host of the party is going to be hard pressed and he's going to say, I'm sorry, I mean, I know that you wanted to sit up here, you want everybody to pay attention to you, but that's not the case. You got to sit in a lower place and you're going to go with shame going to a lower place. That's the thing about this, is that the more we try to force people to pay attention to us, the more we try to force people to praise us and to compliment us, the more we try to force ourselves uh, to avoid shame, the more we're going to guarantee that we will face it. Pope Benedict, in his book called Eschatology, uh, speaks about love. The nature of love, that's really beautiful about it, is that it's free. Love can only be freely given. You can't force somebody to love you. Oftentimes people try, and we have uh, names for people like that. But we can't force people to love us. If we force it, it's not real love, it's just mechanical or it's fake somehow or another. So what Pope Benedict says is, therefore because it's free, love has to be freely given, it also has to be freely received. And if it has to be freely received, we have to wait patiently for it to receive it. We have to wait patiently for it to receive it. Because if we try to force it, then it's going to be ingenuous and it won't be real love, and nor will we feel like it's real love. And he goes on to say, the more we try to force it, the more we'll guarantee our own frustration and anger, because it isn't real. So in this Gospel reading, it's the same kind of thing analogously. Trying to force ourselves to be honorable people, trying to force other people to praise us, trying to force other people to recognize us will end up backfiring on us. It works in a contrary way. Let's do what Jesus did. That's what I would propose. Jesus shows us what it means to take the lowest seat. Not by actually physically taking the lowest seat, because I doubt that he did very often, because he was a very prominent person in his day. But by taking the lowest seat, we see Jesus doing this in his passion, most obviously. Jesus takes the lowest seat. He carries the sins of the world upon his shoulders. He is the one that taking the lowest seat, meaning being uh, accused and rejected and shamed and, and just abused by people. Jesus takes the lowest seat when he wears a crown of thorns and he is paraded in front of the crowd 
as a despised person, bloody and, and shamefacedness. Jesus takes the lowest seat, obviously, on the cross, where he's hanging there naked in front of everybody as, as a common criminal, degraded by everybody, even his own disciples. But then God comes on the third day and he says, Azizi, my friend, come, my son, come up to a higher seat. And in fact, the highest seat, which is the resurrection. So brothers and sisters, remember this, the basis, the foundation of Christian life is the virtue of humility. Not presuming many benefits for ourselves and trying to forcefully grasp at uh, honor and praise and the things of this world, but humbly acknowledging our state in life in relation to God and where God has us and accepting reality for what it is. And then God himself will take care of us. God himself will honor us. God himself will praise us. God himself will do what he did with Christ. He will take us up to himself and give us that eternal life where we will be crowned and glorified by all, not because of ourselves, not because we did it ourselves, but because we waited patiently until God would come and do it for us. Amen.